then on top of it, people are like, oh, look at you trying to teach your kid Mandarin and be fancy. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, you told me I needed to do that or you would never be successful. Like, yeah, they, you, right. if you listen right. to everybody, then you're really crazy. Right. Everything that goes wrong is your fault. And everything that goes right, you didn't have that much to do with. It's yep. not it's a, it's a hard job. girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy-to-use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Welcome to Empowered and Unapologetic. I'm your host, Veronica Cisneros. Today's guests are the host for What Fresh Hell? Laughing in Your Face of Motherhood, which is a top 10 parenting podcast on Apple with 3 million downloads to date. This podcast provides reassurance, advice, laughter, and community. Margaret Abels is is a comedy writer and performer who was head of video for Nickelodeon's Nick Mom. Amy Wilson is the author of of when did I get like this and is a comedian and actor who's performed on Broadway and in dozens of TV shows and films. So please help me by welcoming Amy Wilson and Margaret Abels. Hey guys. Hey. Hey, thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Like I said earlier, I am super excited because I have nowhere, no idea where this conversation is going to go, but I know it's going to be fun and hilarious. <laughs> That's how we like to roll. That's we right. only like to have conversations where we don't know where they're going. <laughs> Sometimes they go off the rails, so we'll see how it goes. Those are the best ones. So yeah, how, exactly. how did you two come together? Like, How did you guys become this dual badass duo? <laughs> Well, we started a long, many, many years ago. Amy and I have known each other. I will not say for how long, but the word decades (laughs) is involved. (laughs) Uh, And Amy was in a comedy group with my sister in college. And we didn't know each other super well, but we always knew who we the other one was. And then uh, we were both in LA. Amy was on a bunch of sitcoms and I would see her on TV and be like, oh my God, that's Amy Wilson. And uh, I was out there writing comedy and and doing TV stuff. And we just, our paths kept crossing. And then we both started blogs Mm -hmm. uh, a long time ago. (laughs) And uh, then we would overlap in the blogging world, like a blogging conference. I'd be like, you're Amy Wilson from TV. And also, you know, my sister. sister. (laughs) Yeah. And so we were that kind of like, acquaintances knew each other's faces. And then I ended up at Nick Mom, which was a channel that Nickelodeon started for moms Mm -hmm. a couple years back. And I was the head of video. So I was watching a lot of incoming video and Amy was in one of them. And okay. I was sort of wrapping up at Nick Mom. I was stalking I, her. Can you pick yeah. up this thread? Wait, we didn't I'm even know. It. Like, it was very it. passive. <laughs> she definitely, it was like very, uh, what is that friend. called? Like, in you don't have no agency in your stalking because it was like <laughs> passive stalking basically. It's totally stalking. And so I, I see Amy in this video, and I've been pondering this idea of 
doing a podcast. And um, I just sent her an email. I might have even had to get your email address from someone because I probably didn't have it. And I said, You're, this is so funny. You just came across my desk in a video. Do you want to go have a drink? And I pitched her on doing a podcast. And she said, yes. Mm-hmm. And here we are mm-hmm. four years okay. later. And it was in this moment that, you know, most of us have in our lives, right, Veronica, where I was like, I, I had just finished a project, a collaboration that wasn't a great match for me. Yeah. And it was time for me to pivot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, okay, the next thing I have, like, it will be, I'm going to work with somebody, it's going to be a woman this time, it's going to be something that's fun and funny, mm-hmm. funny, but useful. Like I had my sort of wish list. And then isn't that funny how that works? And then the universe was like, hey, do you ever think we should do a podcast together? And it was... <laughs> Uh, it was out of nowhere, right? I mean, it was, should we go to outer space together? Yeah, but it real. just was like, oh, I'm supposed to say yes to this for sure. <laughs> so I did. Awesome. It's a good lesson in like saying yes to the randomness. You know, yeah. I had been kind of kicking ideas around and, you know, Amy, Amy always refers to me in our partnership as the idea canon. I'm always like, let's, let's do a show. Let's put on a circus. And she's like, okay, no, we're a podcast. Relax. <laughs> I'm like, I do think there's something to be said for like, I have an idea. Let me talk to other people about it because you never know who's, who you're going to get that good yes and from, and then something starts and it's exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So holy moly, 3 million downloads. Did you guys ever imagine? <laughs> it took a while. Did you guys ever imagine that it would go or be that big? No, no, I don't. I don't think we did, but I don't think we did either. We weren't like this will never work, but we also <laughs> didn't know. We couldn't foresee. Even even four years ago, podcasts were still like, let's try this kind of niche yeah. thing. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, let's try Instagram Reels and see what this is all about. Um, we didn't know that it would become a full time thing for us, for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think that's right. Like when we started podcasting was still kind of new and we really just started like I'll get a mic, you get a mic, let's start talking and see. And so it's not only that we couldn't have imagined it, it's it's that we weren't really imagining anything except mm-hmm. for taking this first step and and it's great that it's led somewhere so exciting. Yeah, it's kind of like let's just have fun. Let's just have fun with yeah, this. Yeah, that really is how right. we started right? it and I feel like Amy and I have both creatively been involved in a million different projects when you're a actress writer comic you you really have to just constantly reinvent yourself yeah. and um there's something about just starting from like hey let's try this and being able to build as opposed to we both came out of like the Hollywood system where it's like it's got to be perfect it's got to come yeah. out of the canon hot and on fire otherwise it's a failure yeah. and this has been a really nice growth process where it didn't have to be anything. It, it was just us putting something together. And there was no, the, the, the steps between um, your idea and your audience. I mean, our audience was small, of course, at yeah. first, but we were making our stuff and they liked it. And there weren't these, you know, 45 steps between you and it ever being seen by anyone, which exist in Hollywood and everywhere else to a great degree. Yeah. Well, I think it pays homage too to pivoting. Being able to go ahead and pivot, being able to not, you know, being able to realize perfectionism is a lie, you know, Mm -hmm. and as long as we can pivot together, we can make something great. And I love that your guys' focus is on moms because I don't, I don't think we're that flexible. You know, I know we want to be, however, we get so caught up in trying to be the perfect mom and trying to do things perfectly. Um, So why moms? 
you know, that's where we always were, right? I mean, I think both of us, uh, Margaret and I would both say that where we got in our careers was by creating our own stuff. Both of us wrote solo shows, two-person show. Margaret did. We did improv. I mean, we wrote screenplays mm-hmm. and, and we were both always creating our own opportunities to perform. And once I became a mom, that was what there was for me to talk about. And so I wrote, I mean, when I first started writing, like having a babysitter a couple afternoons or write a week so I could go write at the Starbucks, that's what, of course, what I was writing about is parenting. Um, And I wrote a show, my first sort of solo show after becoming a parent was about becoming a parent. And I didn't think that there was that much out there. And it was funny because, I mean, it ended Mm -hmm. up having a long run and the New York Times came and was like, oh, another show about parenting. And I'm like, like, what? Like, I am a mom and I haven't seen this show before. And the (laughs) women who came to see it didn't feel that way. But I think like if you're outside it, this was of course written by somebody who wasn't a parent. So she was like, oh, who wants to hear that? They're all the same. And I think what we've learned through what I never could have predicted about four years of doing a podcast is like, how will you do 200 episodes? What are you going to talk about? Like what our topics are going to be, what we're going to talk about is sort of the easiest part of what we do. This mm-hmm. is a vastly wide array of things to to talk about and discuss. And so it's actually very fertile ground, even if people who stand outside it don't see it that way. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. It's interesting that Right before, right before logging on, um, there was somebody that wanted to join my group. Um, it's a group that I have for women. And this is what they asked me. Um, I'm a working mom who feels guilty for yelling at my kids. I work all day and the rest, whatever I have left are for my babies. And it's like, oh my God, my heart goes out to her. And so us kind of being together, right? Us moms. Mm -hmm. What would, what would you say is the common mistake us moms make with her in mind? Um, well, I think I might flip it a little bit because we have done a full episode on yelling. Yelling is a topic that comes up a lot. Yeah. And I feel like we try to really take the point of view that like this idea of like feeling guilty and feeling like we're making mistakes and that other people are doing it better than us and that other people are not yelling at their kids. We're the people yelling at our kids because we're so tired and this and strung out and remote learning is horrible and we're scared and we're anxious. And there's a lot of reasons we yell at our kids and yelling is not the worst thing in the world. It's okay. Like you don't want to only communicate with your children by yelling at them. And if you find yourself yelling at them all the time, I like that you're taking some time out to this person recognize that and say like, hey, this is not going great. What can I do? Mm -hmm. But we try to never start from the point of view of like, you're doing a bad job. You're yelling and that's not okay. And you've got to fix it. We start from the point of view of like, hey, guess what? We're all yelling too much because we're in a really anxious position and we yell a lot. And so we try to come at it from the point of view of like, what is the solution to yelling? Mm -hmm. And Amy tends to do a ton of research and I talk about my huge Irish family and how I've seen it play out. And so we do all make mistakes. But I think that when we start from the point of view of like, I'm making mistakes and therefore I'm bad at this job, probably not. Could you be doing it better? Are there people doing it better than you? There's probably some people doing it better than you. Are there people doing it not as well as you? Yes. Lots of people are not doing it as well as you. And so what we try to put in people's path is getting off the hook, stopping with the, you know, worrying about where we are in the mom race and Mm -hmm. saying, 
hey, if we're having a problem, if our kid's not eating well, if we're fighting too much with our spouse, like what's going on? And is there, are there ways to like go reset ourselves to a yep. place where we know feels better? Absolutely. Not here's what you're doing wrong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to put it out there. And what would you say is your biggest struggle personally as a mom? <laughs> Yelling. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm a. I'm a huge yeller. I have a short temper. Always have, and I tend to. Uh, Amy and I always refer to it as respect my authority, but it's just that thing of like I don't like to be challenged. And then I, and one thing we say all the time. I would say my biggest problem as a mom, as a woman, as a human being on this earth is telling myself the wrong story. So telling myself. My husband doesn't do anything. I have yes. to do it all. I am victimized by that. Telling myself the story of I hate cooking and yet I produce meals all the time and these people are not grateful enough for those mm-hmm. meals. And so, I mean, that's – I think Amy has really helped me with that on the podcast, talking stuff through. I think that that's my biggest flaw as a as a person is getting into the wrong story and not telling myself yeah. the story is like my husband and I love each other, but we're in a really hard situation and sometimes it's hard. That story is a lot yeah. better than the story of like my husband's an idiot who was born to get in my way. Yeah, I, I think my biggest struggle used to be when my kids were younger. My struggle was that uh, that I was bad at this and nobody else was right. Like it's very binary. Like I yell at my kids and nobody else does. I'm the only one who's who's failing to this degree, which of course isn't true. But that, I was stuck there definitely. And now I think I am a little bit stuck in the. I mean, I have th- I have three teenagers and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thoughts you and know, prayers there, to Amy, Yes, please. there's many a uh, many an hour that goes by without a kind word or look from anybody <laughs> I live with. Just demands and um, feeling like I'm not being appreciated. I'm not being, and I don't think that's a story I tell myself. I think that that's kind of true. And and uh, how I seek out my self worth without trying to find it in the eyes of my uh, high school sophomore. You see what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. he'll come around. It's not his job to make me feel better during the pandemic. It's not totally my job to make him feel better either. It's our job to coexist in this um, age-appropriate, ages and stages sort of way. Absolutely. Um, since we're all putting it out there, I'm going to put mine on here too. My biggest struggle has been recognizing when it's time to call it quits. You know, mm. when when I need to go ahead and stop working and being intentional as a mom and being present. And that's something that I'm really, really, I've been trying to focus on for a good amount of time. And just like all of us, we're all going to be a work in progress. All of us, we're, we're not going to get this 100% right. And that's not my goal. Um, and it doesn't sound like that's your guys' goal too, to be this perfect mom. It sounds- It's definitely not. <laughs> right? Because it doesn't exist. If it is, we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> It sounds more like, okay, this is this is the current issue that I'm struggling with. Okay. So I get to give myself grace. I get to recognize that it's a story that I tell myself and maybe I need to challenge that story. You know, and then I love what you just shared too. Like it, it's it's not for my, you know, for my um my did you mention sophomore? Was it yeah, sophomore yeah. or junior? It's not for him to figure it out. It's it's for me to figure it out. So why do you guys think that we fall into these patterns? I think well, it's our assignment. I think I think it's what the yeah. world tells us. Like you better you better figure this out. Like they better be doing like they'll never go to college unless you have their you know fine motor skills figured out by their fifth birthday. I mean, I think <laughs> that's my that's my soapbox, right, Margaret? Like we are both told that we need to freak out about everything and then are made fun of for having freaked out about those things. It makes me mm-hmm. crazy. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it, I mean, it is a really important job. Like you're, 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 you're guiding humans into the world. Like it's a pretty big job. And so I think it's okay to feel freaked out by it because you want them to turn out happy and healthy and really honestly, probably successful and fulfilled and you want everything for them. And then the great paradox of being alive is that you cannot actually provide those things. And so you're really just, we say all the time, you're not at the helm of the boat. You're in another boat yelling to their boat and being like, uh, you might want to head left a little bit, but you don't really, I think that we, I always say, I, I imagined motherhood like being handed a lump of clay to mold. And it's really yeah. nothing like that. It's no. like being in a room <laughs> with another functional human who you don't have a lot of control over. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that the distance between those two images is is very, very difficult. And as Amy says, then on top of it, people are like, oh, look at you trying to teach your kid Mandarin and be fancy. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, you told me I needed to do that or you would never be successful. Like, yeah, they, you, right, if you listen right. to everybody, then you're really crazy. Right. Everything that goes wrong is your fault and everything that goes right, you didn't have that much to do with. It's yep. not it's a it's a hard job. Yes, it is. So I can't believe I'm sharing this, but I'm going to share it because, like I said in the beginning, we just go <laughs> That's there. How we roll. This is how we roll. So this weekend. So every Sunday is one of my kids. It's. The family, somebody in the family gets to pick the day's activities. So we have a whole board, kind of like what you see in the back, but it's a whole board of post-it notes, right? It's a whole list of activities. And whoever's day it is, we get to go out and pick from that board and do whatever the activities are. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's so amazing. So it was Aubrey's day. Aubrey's my middle one. She's 13. Oh my God, she's going to be 14. I'm going to have a heart attack. Okay. So... (laughs) So we're at the mall. Ali and Aubrey are in one store. Me and Brooklyn are in another one. And I'm trying on clothes because you you can't go into dressing rooms now. So I'm literally like trying not to be like naked, trying to put on these shirts, even though I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt and a jacket. So trying to like finagle this and not, you know, flash everybody. And Brooklyn, my little, my little monkey feet, my 10 year old. So she's sitting, she's sitting like there's, there's, um, there's clothes right above her head. She's just kind of sitting in this nook, right? You're not supposed to sit there, but she's sitting there. Um, and she asks me, while I'm ha- one boob is in, the other boob is like trying to figure it out because I got a size too small, of course. Um, and she asks me, Mom, is being a mom hard? Hmm. She she does that. She's like, I swear to God. She's like, um, she's like gonna be a philosopher or something. I don't know. But she asks me, Mom, is is being a mom hard? And I'm like this, one boob <laughs> in, and I'm like, oh my God, this is like a big question. This is a really big question. I, I need to be totally in tuned. And, um, you know, I was like, well, what makes you ask that question? And she's like, well, you know, because you work a lot. And I swear to you, ladies, my heart dropped, like dropped. She's like, mom, you work a lot. And... You know, um, Leah, my my oldest, she's 18, girl, so I totally got you beat, Amy. Um, <laughs> so she's like, and then Aaliyah, who, who was working with me, um, she's like, she doesn't do her job all the time, so you have to do her job. And she's like, and it just seems hard. And I was just like, right away, I want to go into therapist mode. I don't know if you guys know I'm a therapist. But right away, I want to go into therapist mode and ask, okay, well, how does that impact you? Tell me Mm. more. 
where, you know, when you, when you say as, as being a mom, I, I want to go into all, I'm not going to go into all of the questions I want to ask, but totally want to be a therapist mode or be a therapist for that moment. And then I was like, you know what? You have to step back and be a mom, like take therapy out. You have to step back and just be a mom, be a mom. And so I literally just sat there with her and it was like, mama, do you feel, do you feel like, do you feel like I'm too busy for you? And she was like, she's like, well, sometimes, oh my God, ladies, it broke my heart. It broke my heart. I wanted to take everything away right there, right then and there. There was nobody that could convince me that I wasn't a bad mom. In that moment, I thought I was the most horrible mom. Like, oh my God, I suck. I went into all of that negative self-talk and I apologized. I was like, mama, you know, I'm sorry. And she's like, it's okay. And I was like, no. No, it's not. And then she's like, she's like, no, mom, it's okay. And I was like, what, what makes you say it's okay? She's like, well, because I I don't want to be rude. And I was like, well, what do you really want to say? And she's like, well, I want to say that it's not, but it's okay, mom. And I was like, well, if you say it's not, are you afraid that it'll, 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 um, It'll affect our our relationship. Are you afraid that, you know, maybe mommy will be mad or maybe mommy won't like you as much or maybe mommy will get hurt? She's like, yeah. And it's like, oh my God, my little 10 year old is having, is, is my little 10 year old is able to go ahead and not only express what she's feeling, but also convey it in such a way that like, I don't think most of adults know how to do, but it was just like so amazing. And I, I told her, mama, well, if you say it's okay, then what you're telling, what you're telling somebody is it's okay. And more than likely, and then she finished my sentence. She goes, they'll do it again. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, yeah, I said, yeah. So this is the time where you get to say, no, mom, it's not okay. It's not okay. I don't want you to play with me more. And then I go, what does that sound like? And she goes, yeah, I, I do want you to play with me more. And she's like, and you know, I do want this and I do want that. And it was just like whole, I was like, all right, all right, we're going to do it. And I don't think we allow ourselves to have conversations like that with our kids because we don't want to hear the truth. If I'm being hundred percent honest. Most of us don't want to hear the truth. And I hear this when I'm in session with my clients, you know, and not only that, but I hear this with the women I coach. We don't want to have these uncomfortable conversations because we don't want to hear the truth because where we go with the truth is I'm a bad mom versus kind of like what you were saying, Meg, this is just a story. I tell myself I I could do better. I can change this. So I kind of want to hear your guys' input. I mean, I think that's right. And I also think that we like to focus on what we call developmentally appropriate behavior. And a 10-year-old who's starting to give you feedback on your parenting is exhibiting developmentally appropriate (laughs) behavior. And like that is a developmental stage of childhood. And I think that one thing, I mean, I'm I'm kind of big on there's a there's a mom role and there's a child role. And they're not equal. Yeah. And so I do have that sometimes with my kids where I'm like, I appreciate your feedback, but it's really not welcome at this time. Like, I'm kind of running the show here. So I I like getting feedback from my kids, but it's not equal to my decisions, you know? Oh, God, yes. And I also think that um, 
it can be really helpful to have those conversations. We talk a lot about like good places to talk to your kids. Sometimes when I'm driving, especially I have two boys and like they don't want to sit around and have conversations ever. And so sometimes when I'm driving, we'll get into stuff. But sometimes, you know, my son will say to me, you're really, you're, you're being kind of mean lately. You know, you're yelling a lot. And I'm like, you know, it's true. I think I've let the stress of the holidays, let's say, really get yeah. to me. And I apologize and I'm going to try to fix that. But there are also times where my kids will say stuff to me like, I want you to do something with me instead of doing the work that you're doing. And I'm like, "Uh, no, I'm Mm -hmm. busy working. This is my job. I have a job and kids. And like, I, I think that there's two sides to it, right? Letting our kids voices in and also making decisions. And it sounds like in that situation, you were really open and able to say like, Hey, there is more room for this. And we also say a lot, like come from a place of yes. Right. So when my kids are like, can we have breakfast for dinner? I used to be, before I think we started the podcast, always like, no, no, we can't. No, that's not healthy. No, you can't run out in the snow barefoot. No, that's not safe. And now I have tried to reset after talking to a lot of people. Let's come from a place of, yes, like, hey, can we play more? Yes, we can. And this is the times we're going to do it. But at the same time, it's like you can hear your kid's input, but- your kid's input is just one. I have three kids. I have a five member family, you know? Yeah. And so my 10 year old's feedback is one small part of the chorus of my life. And so on the one hand, yes, it's great to like hear your kids and try to say yes. And on another hand, it's great to reinforce with your kids. Like I have a job, dad has a job Mm -hmm. and we're five of us. And so you don't, it's not always exactly the way you want it. And that's another part of life. Yeah. I think the other thing where I was going with her is I didn't want her to feel invalidated. Mm -hmm. She was speaking up about something. She developed the courage to go ahead and say this out loud. And it wasn't in a demeaning way. It wasn't like, mom, you need to do better. Wasn't anything like that. It was like, you know what? This is something that's bothering me. And so just a question I'm going to ask. And if I wasn't open to being, being willing to have that dialogue, you know, maybe she would have felt Maybe that would have increased and her and I would have never connected on that level. I think that's right. And that's something somewhere that we've come a lot as parents, I think, from the generation before us is the ability for kids to say things and really be heard. And I'm trying to shed maybe a little bit of my historical like kids have a role and parents have a role and <laughs> nah, 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 you know and find that middle ground and it, it sounds like you handled it really perfectly like opening up to that voice which is important but part of yeah. it i think too is like this is she she's asking for something specific right she's a she's yeah. a wise child like i'd like to spend more time with you it isn't you never you don't love me as much as no. you love right it, it was something really actionable so in this case it's like the, it seems to me there's an easy fix there and and you can try to move very smoothly through the step of like I'm a terrible mother, no other child is oh yeah. like that. You, you can get caught in that spider web. You know what I mean? Like that just yeah. push through that to the okay. She wants to spend more time with me. Wonderful. This won't always be the case. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a date on the calendar yeah. right now. Yeah. And and uh, and and not not wallow in the oh I must be so terrible to have had my kids say this to me moment. Absolutely. I appreciate I appreciate both. Um, the feedback and, you know, going back to Meg, being able to go ahead and discern when it's something that, okay, this is, this is mom's role because mom's role and child's role, they're, they're not the same. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. by any means equal. I will never be my daughter's best friend. I'm going to be her mom. You know, my 18 year old, she's cool. And I'm her mom. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like we're cool, but I'm still your mom. Um, 
And yeah, you can kick it with me at Coachella, but you know, mommy's partying. So stay over there. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, absolutely. Like making sure we have those roles and, you know, going back to what Amy said, being able to listen, Mm -hmm. you know, having, being in tuned with that. So I kind of want to ask you guys, when have you been, if ever, in maybe a similar situation where you had to kind of step back and go, wait a minute, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm going to go out and listen to what's being said and I get to tweak it. I mean, I, there's so many examples for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, the one that comes up for, the one that comes mm-hmm. up for me, I would say is like my kids, um, I was a picky eater and my kids are all really picky eaters and I've had the experience. I was like, oh, they'll outgrow it. It's fine. And now they're 12, 10 and eight. And like, they're not really outgrowing it. And I, I feel like I go out places and people are like, your kids don't eat anything. And I'm like, oh, that's because I failed. I knew I was supposed to be doing this right. And I did it completely <laughs> wrong. And that's why. And, 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 and um, I, I was, my mom had been, uh, raised in a house where you had to finish whatever was on your plate. And oh, God, I think yeah. she reactively, when we were kids, was like, I'm never going to make my kids eat anything they don't like. And so we probably grew up eating in a different kind of crazy way. And now I'm third generation crazy where I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I'm going to kind of sometimes tell you have to eat it. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I have no idea. And I, I often find myself talking about this and being like, this is somewhere I really failed as a parent. Like teaching my kids to eat properly, I did a bad job at it. But I try not to stay there that long. It's, it's, yes. it's it is what it is. Like yes. I, I sometimes feel that way, but I, I, I still think it's probably going to work out. And I wish I didn't have to put up with people being like, Oh, your kids don't eat anything. Yeah. But I probably do. And it's not the end of the world. <laughs> right. And then what happens, right? The, yeah, the biggest problem with that it, is that you feel bad. Exactly. For, for me, it was, you know, we get to talk to such interesting people on the show, right? Like such, such wise experts. And we were talking to Dr. Wendy Mogul, who I love. She wrote, oh um, Amy loves her. The it's, blessing of a, it's a lot. It was, well, it was the first person who was like, we love you. Will you be on our show? And she said, yes. I'm like, I get to talk to her. So I said, so I have a question for you. And, and, and her answer blew my mind in ways I wasn't expecting. Um, my, my sort of love measurer, wary, not so sure that they're getting as good a shake as the other kids in the family. Uh, would say, it would say, hey, hey, like guess what happened at school today? And say, oh, what? And, it's, and this kid would say, oh, now you're making that face, that pretend to listen face. I'm like, I'm listening. What are you talking? About? Oh, no, now you're just you're making that face. And I said to her, well, how do I, how do I handle that when my kid says that to me? And I was looking to her to find out, like, what's the right way to respond to un- to help this kid understand? Um, you know, you're incorrect, and I'm the parent, and this is. Yeah. And she was like, well, maybe he's on to something. Mm-hmm. I guess I would respond and say, hmm, let me think about that. When you say that, I'm not sure what that means. Will you tell me more about that? She's like, maybe Bingo. you do make a certain face. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? I, I just didn't, I didn't know until then that my job wasn't always to talk my kid out of the negative things they were thinking about me or other people. That yeah. I could entertain the idea that I perhaps had something to learn from this kid. I had no idea until she told me that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I would even go as far as asking, well, why are you triggered by that? Mm-hmm. The minute he says that, okay, I'm going into therapist mode. <laughs> the minute he says interested. that, yeah, the minute he says that, what is it about that phrase that triggers you so much? You know, and then in addition to that, why is there why is there resistance on hearing him out? 
Right. Like hearing what he has to say, hearing, hearing about his complaint. Like what is that resistance initially? You know, your kid's trying to communicate with you something and you're right away going, nope, face isn't there. I don't even know mm-hmm. what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Like just say the damn thing. Just hurry up mm-hmm. and say it. Mm-hmm. You know, what mm-hmm. we don't realize is, yeah, you know, like they say, most of our communication is nonverbal. And so your son is onto something and it's mm-hmm. finding out, you know, gaining that clarity. Absolutely right. It's agree okay with to, her. to have that humility of taking that Absolutely. in without, without losing the next month to like, oh my God, like I have to work on my listening face. Like, no, you don't. Just no. hear this kid out no. and like try a little better next time. Yeah. Well, what, and what is he trying to tell you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's telling you something. He just mm-hmm. maybe doesn't have the words to go ahead and say it. Right. And then in addition to that, you know, having that moment of clarity, you know, it's a, it's, it's. It's a beautiful thing when you allow it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think we're all on guard with being a mom. You know, we don't want to be criticized. We're automatically putting everything into it, everything, giving it our all. I mean, when I heard Monkey Feet, that's what I call her. When I heard Monkey Feet say that, it's like, girl, do you have it? I'm, today's Aubrey's day. Like, it's Aubrey's day. Like, you're going to get your day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And no, I don't work all day. I wanted to go into, like, showing her my damn time card. I don't even have one, but mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted to draw it out for her. Like, look, girl, at 5 o'clock, mama's done. You know, her last session is at this time, and then I run downstairs because I'm work in. i working from home right now. Then I run downstairs, and I hang out with you, and we played Uno. Do you not remember? Like, like I want to go into- Right, right. <laughs> right? For, I have a picture. Look at that. You there. are laughing. You are laughing. If you have a picture of you playing Uno with your kid, I'm on your team. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Thank that you, Meg. Did wrong. That Thank ever you, Meg. If you ever played Uno, I mean, you're a winner. Girl, we played Uno last night. Oh, but it's just- Horrible. Like... But yes, it. I-, I I love that you just shared that. You know, I didn't even know I was making a face. I wasn't even aware of it. And the fact that you asked, Wendy, is that her name? Yeah. The fact that you asked her, it's because it meant something to you, Mm -hmm. you know, and all of these things, motherhood, all of it, it, we take a great deal of pride in what we do. You know, we're huge nurturers, we're huge lovers. And if we can just give ourselves a little bit of grace, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say this world's going to be a happy place because that's totally cliche, but you get my point. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, So one of the questions, I have two questions for you. And these are the questions I ask everybody. What are you doing right now to live the life you want to live? Should I go first? Yes. Um, (laughs) I have a, um, I have a screenplay, not a screenplay, sorry, a script of a musical, actually, the book of a musical that I was writing with two collaborators. And we put it aside for most of 2020 because who what, what is art during a pandemic, right? And yeah, will this show real. make sense? And so we got together at the end of 2020 and said like, okay, we're ready to move forward and this is it. And they're the songwriters and I'm the script writer. So I, I kind of have to go first. And um, finding the time to work on that is hard. And yeah. uh, so I've, I, I have um, giving myself the gift of sort of blocking out my time a little more carefully and saying like, oh, I do have this place here and I'm trying to do something where I'm just touching it every day. Even if I'm in, in that in that file for five minutes a day, yeah. I mean, I wish it was four hours a day, but even if it's five minutes a day and I touch it, then I'm not spending... 90 minutes on it and then putting it down for three weeks and then have, and then, and then yeah. carry around the guilt instead of just doing the work and then pick it up and have to start from the beginning again. That's the gift I'm giving myself is just touching that every day until I get it done. Beautiful. I love that. I love that. Meg? Uh, mine is, um, it's, it's new year's resolution adjacent, but it's, um, I just, my husband and I 
try to meet on New Year's Day every year and talk about whatever, everything, our budget, our goals, our everything. And one, my, my big purpose for this year is to set, you know, I have a work goal, um, podcasting goal. I have a, another job that I do have a goal there. And then I have some goals for home and then that's it on goals. Cause I tend to be a little bit idea cannish. Idea cannon. <laughs> I see it. I see it. I love it. I love it. Shiny object. Like <laughs> people come to me and they're like, you would be great to run the blah, blah committee. And I'm like, I would be great. I'll do, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. and then I'm like the list, the, the lifeboat is full. There's no room for anything else. This is what I want to accomplish. And that means saying no to everything else this year, basically. Good. And that's something I'm trying to work on. Cause I, I, d- I, I tend to be a little bit of like a rabid squirrel, like, okay, what's next? Oh, something yeah. fun. And and really trying to say like I have plenty right now that I am trying to accomplish and I don't need anything else. I love it. Discipline. Awesome. Well discipline. <laughs> right? I girl, we all need it. It's not all my right. not my strongest skill. <laughs> all right. My last question. In one sentence, what advice would you give to the mom who feels stressed and disconnected? Uh, mine would be uh, find your way back to one, which is something we say all the time on the podcast. It's like, Amy, as an actress, there's an expression on a set, let's go back to one. You put everything, you know, any cup you've picked up, everything goes back to its starting place. Mm. And so I think all of us know kind of on a very inherent level where our one is. My one is like a person who eats generally nutritious foods, kind of tries to exercise sometimes and keeps it on that kind of path. My mom is like saying yes to a lot of things, bringing a lot of fun and not yelling a ton. My marriage is like smiling at my husband who walks in the room, you know, trying to touch each other a little bit more, remembering that we're not angry coworkers at a daycare, that we're like in love and we chose each other. Mm -hmm. And so that's the central advice that I give myself and other people. It's like, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to go back to one. You just have to reset and find that place that you pretty much know. You know yeah. where it is. And so don't set yourself the goal of like, I'm going to be a perfect mom because you're going to really be discouraged by that. I'm never going to yell at my kids again. That's yeah, not going to work out. That's a lie. That's a lie. But like, just <laughs> go back to your good place, you know, and, and, and it is kind of like a dieting metaphor. We've all figured out, right. That like eating water for three weeks, you'll lose weight, but it doesn't work out. You know, you have to find a place that is like your realistic operating system. And we are in a pandemic and very difficult times. And so don't set goals for yourself that are unrealistic and don't be hard on yourself for failing goals. Just go back to one calmly. Love it. Love it. That's really good. I think I would say <laughs> All right, that- Amy, what do you got? Come on, let's see what you can do. I'm I've thrown down say- the advice gauntlet. <laughs> Spaghetti on Tuesdays. No, I'm just saying <laughs> that it doesn't have to be, like I was saying before about the script, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I've gotten myself very caught in like, I need to spend four hours on this or I can't touch it until I have four free hours, which, yeah. spoiler alert, never happens. Um, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Mm-hmm. With my friendships, I have found the same thing. Like we're all so isolated right now, busy moms, and we're all busier than usual huh. with the online schooling and like you're out of touch and it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I don't have to call my friend Heather to catch up for an hour or not speak to her for the next nine months. I can yeah. send her a text. I can say, hey, how you doing? I thought of you today. Oops, I got to go by. And and I mm-hmm. feel like my um, my husband actually does a pretty good job of that with his old friends. And I have been very all or nothing in my 
catch-ups and I'm trying yeah. to get a little more like just send somebody a text. Send five people a text when you're bored. Send five different people. I'm like, you know, it's like yeah. the you up thing. Somebody's going to write you back <laughs> and then you have somebody to talk to. I love it. Ladies, where can we find you? Oh my gosh. Uh, you can find us all over the place. We are truly everywhere. So we are What Fresh Hell Podcast. And if you Google that combination of words, you will find us everywhere you want to. We are on TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. We're everywhere. We do have a really fun Facebook community, um, facebook.com forward slash What Fresh Hellcast. And you can join our community there. It's like 4,000 moms talking to each other, giving advice, supporting mm. each other. It's a so really great. nice, non judgmental, lovely place to be. So if you're looking for some extra mom support, that's a great spot. I agree. And we have a website, What Fresh Hell Podcast. Com. That's an easy place to find sort of all the different places in one mm-hmm. place. Yes. The tree where all the branches the come off is what fresh help. <laughs> like a mom. That's the mom of the rest it's of the, the mom. It's the mom. There you go. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on. This has been absolutely amazing. Thanks, It was Veronica. so nice to talk to you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl gang. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Empowered and Unapologetic is part of the Practice of the Practice Podcast Network, a family of podcasts that change the world. To hear other podcasts like the Ball Mom Podcast, Beta Male Revolution or Imperfect Thriving, go to practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. This is given with the understanding that neither the host, practice of the practice, or the guests are providing legal, mental health, or other professional information. If you need a professional, you should find one. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. 
We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.